I was just going to start screaming. (laughs) 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 Welcome back to the BT Podcast. (laughs) I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) We got to see. I don't know. Welcome back. I'm Brendan. This is Ben. I guess we're going to go with it. No. Like. (laughs) Okay. I got that on my system. I feel better. This is the B-Team Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Claw averages says eventually you're going to lose to everybody. I mean, we've lost to Missouri State before, so, and Indiana State, and pick the bad team in the Valley. We've lost to them at least once, so a lot of averages said it was going to happen. NDSU and JMU had the, by far, the highest probability of winning it all. Guess who's third in probability of winning it all? Us. We're killing ourselves, and that's, I think, what is infuriating so many SDSU fans. The amount of injuries and setbacks and players we're missing, and we're still so good that the only thing stopping us is that we're dropping the ball, is pretty impressive and speaks volumes about the coaching staff and the players we have on the team. The players are ten times angrier and more upset than you are. If you think they're just walking off the field going, oh, well, we lost, they guess that's a bummer, you are out of your damn mind. They have more invested into the program than you and I ever will, and we're just and we're doing a podcast. Now, here's Ben and Brendan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the B-Team Podcast. I'm Brendan with Ben. What a weekend. What a weekend it was. Eventful. Don't even, I haven't even processed how I feel about that weekend. Uh, I don't. No. Um, I haven't seen. So, hey, that's pretty That's pretty sweet. Going might, forward, that's a awesome might thing. as well. Might as well start off on a positive. Right. Let's start that, happy. Yeah. We Another home game. Seen. Free home football. Exactly. That's the positive. But. Um, whether we earned it or not, I don't but. know. We can talk about that later. But, yeah, but there's a huge but to that. Um, you know, we, we said it was going to be a Wednesday podcast if that happened. It's only it's Monday. Not. So it's a, still a little fresh. <laughs> the, wound is, the wound has not healed. <laughs> so let's... Uh, Call this one the. <laughs> call, call this one the. Um, God dang it! Never mind. I can't think of it. That's where my head's at. Great point. Great I, point. I had it. something for this. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> call so us the what, peanut podcast. It's going to be salty. How? What were your? What were your feelings? After. Um, uh well I put down the Twitter and I uh I went and focused on other things for a while, which I wish some fans of ours perhaps would learn to do. If you are any of those people listening, cut the shit. <laughs> Otherwise, um yeah, and now I have not processed it yet, but I'm in a better place than I was. So, yeah, um, you know, it's a, it's tough. 
you know, we, we even talked about how we did not want to come on here and talk about a loss to that team. And here we are um, due to a multitude of reasons. I think number one, first and foremost, the elephant in the room is turnovers, specifically fumbles. Right. Um, you know, that's just been, it's been a problem all year long. Sometimes we were good enough to get past it. This time we weren't. Um, you know, I went back and recapped all of our drives. We had 12 drives in that game. Four of them ended with a fumble. That's a lot. When a third of your drives are ending in a fumble, that's it's not going to go well for you. And we only lost by three. Yeah. Hey, um, I mean, just bagging it up a little bit, we knew eventually we were going to lose to them no matter how much better of a team we've been on average than they have been. I mean, go back to teams when we've been way, way better, not injured like we are, and in the Dome, it's been a dogfight that we pulled out at the end fairly recently. So we shouldn't be terribly shocked by this. Um, before the season, or if you'd asked me, like midway through last season, what year are you going to pick that you're going to lose to USD? I would have probably said this year because you lose Taron Christian and you've got a new quarterback coming in playing at the dome. And I thought they were going to be better this year. And, you know, I didn't know how good we were going to be. So once the season went on, we obviously thought we were going to win this game, but shouldn't come as a shock law average. says eventually you're going to lose to everybody. I mean, we've lost to Missouri state before. So, and Indiana state in, pick the bad team in the Valley. We've lost to him at least once. So a lot of averages said that was going to happen, but yeah, I mean the fumbles thing, we can beat it to death and we probably should because by God, if no, everybody's going to do it, but it four fumbles is ridiculous. And I don't think it's on any one player. Um, it's been across the team all season. You know, I mean, we went, I went back and you look at the, NDSU game we lost. Well, ball touched the turf twice. Watch the Minnesota game. Look at the stats for the Minnesota game that we lost. Ball touched the turf once or twice on fumbles. You look at the Illinois State game. That goes without saying. We had a bunch of fumbles. It's just, for some reason, it's not being corrected. Um, I personally am to the point where it feels like the coaches should have been and, you know, I'm not a coach, but it feels like the coaches should have been giving them the Mike Holmgren treatment for all of you old Packer fans out there. Remember what would happen if, if a running back fumbled the ball or any player fumbled the ball during game? That dude didn't play. Like, he's lucky to play the last quarter if it happened in the first quarter. They just didn't play. And they sat their butts down. And honestly, I mean, I don't – I I'm kind of at a loss with the fumbles thing. With it being, you know, this is college football. The the teams I've seen with fumble issues this bad have been like high school teams switching over to running the triple option or the read option for the first year. That's when the ball touches the turf that much. Not just straight. And it's not like they were getting raked out. Guys just got popped and lost the ball. And it, I don't know if it's the equipment issue, if it's... Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand uh, what has to be fixed. I just we, we just know it has to be fixed because when we don't fumble the ball, we win. We win by a lot. And if you look at the stats from this game, we won by a lot. 
except for on the scoreboard because we gave it the ball. We had, like you said, a third of our drives ended on a fumble, and we still had 500 yards of offense and outgained them by 140 yards. I, we're killing ourselves, and that's, I think, what is infuriating so many SDSU fans. It's not that we got – we, we, yes, the other team caused the fumbles and give them their credit, yada, 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 but we're killing ourselves. When you fumble that much, it's not the other team. It's something we're doing and we got to fix it. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be addressed. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's fixable. There just needs to be a bigger emphasis put on ball security. Um, we're too good of a team to, lose games because of that reason make make the other team beat us at this point we're beating ourselves you know in the for sure in this game in the illinois state game we beat ourselves without a doubt yes and that's just something you don't want to see because we all know how good we can be and yeah hopefully it can get cleaned up going forward because you know if we can the a run, a deep run in the playoffs is definitely possible. Um, I was w- watching the watching the selection show. There were NDSU and JMU had the by far the highest probability of winning it all. Guess who's third in probability of winning it all? Us. That's because we have a very good team. As long as we don't beat ourselves. Yeah, we have a really good and really dangerous team. And <clears throat> I think that's the frustrating part for us. And But there is another thing I think we do need to remember to a point. Um, you know, I'm mad. You know, we get mad that we lose and whatever. We need to remember how beat up this team is going into these games here. I think we kind of lose sight of that a little bit. And I don't like to use the excuse train, but when a friend of mine who's – pretty passionate FCS fan, but he's a fan of Stephen F. Austin goes to me and he, he goes to me, yeah, you're injured. And I, you know, I go, Oh, whatever. Yeah. Everybody's injured. And he goes, no, everybody's got injuries right now. And then there's SDSU. So I mean, when you're dealing with that, yeah, you really make it hard to come back. But I think that's something that really speaks to how much depth we have. The amount of, injuries and setbacks and players were missing and we're still so good that the only thing stopping us is that we're dropping the ball is pretty impressive and speaks volumes about the coaching staff and the players we have on the team no doubt and another thing we got to keep in mind is how young our team is and we're relying on true freshmen to make plays consistently throughout the game that's normally not the case for teams. Um, and we've got some really talented guys that we're relying on to do that. But it comes with, you know, I think it comes with the territory of doing that is you're going to see some mistakes like that. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully they, you know, will learn from those mistakes and grow from them and, you know, are able to take that into the playoffs and, and correct them going forward. But it's just something you got to kind of keep in mind um, as we, you know, we, we've come to expect greatness, which is awesome. But right. you got to kind of keep perspective too. Yeah, and you know, probably shouldn't harp on this as much as I'm going to. But going back, if you as a fan think you're upset and are mad, the players are ten times angrier and more upset than you are. 
If you think they're just walking off the field going, oh, well, we lost. I guess that's a bummer. You are out of your damn mind. They have more invested into the program than you and I ever will. And we're just do- and we're doing a podcast, you know, and putting in a little bit more effort than a normal fan does. So it if you're going after players or individual players or your first reaction is this team sucks, sign off, walk away from the computer and come back later. Just that's gross. Acting like that's just tomfoolery. I, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's either it, it's on, you know, a Twitter post, a post on the message board. I mean, you might think it's just, just something that you're blowing steam, but I mean, the, the players read that stuff and it's just, it doesn't need to be put out in public. I mean, if you think those things in the moment, that's fine. Like it's, yeah, we, we get frustrated and you think those things, just don't post them. Think them, relax, and five minutes later, you'll have moved on. But it, instead, when you post it, it's out there for the world to see forever. So mm-hmm. It's not yeah. going away. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the team definitely, you know, with we, we got a seed now. The team shouldn't feel that the, its own fans are against them. At all. I mean, it's frustrating, sure, but we were still the better team on that field. We just happened to fumble the ball away. Yeah. And I hate to harp on it too much because it is only like two or three guys. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, an onslaught of SDSU fans that are just ripping on players and hating on the team. It's, you know, the the overwhelming majority is still behind these guys and still is very supportive. It's just, you know, the handful of bad actors that it just, it just makes us all look stupid. So stop right. it. You're making us look stupid. Yes. And I do plenty fine making myself look stupid. Exactly. As In case anybody's followed my Twitter recently. He doesn't need any help, folks. I am very capable of looking stupid on my own. Thank <laughs> you very much. I don't need you doing it for me. I can, I can look dumb all on my bad self. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I'm very experienced. I have many years of practice at it. But, I mean, you know, it, it, going back to the USD game, though, in general, to since we don't have a game coming up, um, going forward, we got to feel good about the fact that you do we, – we averaged 5.6 yards a rush. We averaged 8.3 I mean, I think our, our per play average was 7 yards per play. The defense played well enough to win. They got put in some really bad spots. And then, you know, I it, it, that's an explosive offense we were playing. Say what you want about USD. They have a good offense. And I think the thing that frustrated me the most in the first half was it felt like we weren't even – we weren't trying to get ahead right away. We were trying to tinker a little bit with the offense and see what we could and couldn't do going into the playoffs. And the fumbles happen, and then now we're in a dogfight. And exactly what we said we didn't want to happen last week happened. We gave them confidence and gave them hope in going into the second half, and then we were in a dogfight. Yeah, I mean, I think after we went down and scored that first touchdown, it was almost – and then we, the defense got a three and out right away, and it was almost like, oh, sweet. You know, this is going to be an easy game. Let's work on some stuff. Let's get ready for the playoffs. You know, let's get Heidi more experience passing the ball. 
Um, and then the first fumble happened and the defense stood up and s- held it to a field goal. But then we started, I think it just, when that happens, it gave it USD life, which mm-hmm. is what we just couldn't have happen. And then after that, we just, we had some self-inflicting stuff beyond fumbles that, that needs to be cleaned up going forward. Um, Heidi is getting better every game. There's no doubt about that. Um, one thing he definitely needs to clean up is holding onto the ball too long and not throwing it away. Um, right. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen him throw away a ball. It's either, right. either he tries to throw it to a receiver or he run, tries to run for, for yards. And that hurt us a couple times. And I think when he watches the tape, I think he'll learn from that. Um, because there were a couple times where we were in like the second and five situations and we would hold on to it and then we get sacked and then it'd be third and 10. And that just gets you behind the chains and it, it's really hard to overcome that and sustain drives when you're doing stuff like that. Whereas mm-hmm. all we had to do is throw the ball out of bounds. You got third and five, very manageable, and you're probably going to convert it, especially when we're averaging like seven yards of play, like you said. Right. That's a difference. I mean, if you're third and five and you're averaging that, that's a first down. If you're third and 10, you're not getting a first down there. So it, it makes a big difference. And, and like I said, he's, he's getting, getting better every game. I have complete confidence that he'll learn from it going forward. But that was just another thing that happened in that game that didn't allow us to take over like we should have in that first half. Right. And that's, I mean, it's a f- fresh from mistakes, you know, and he, the kid last year was, you know, figuring out who he was going to go to prom with, you right. know, in a couple months. So he's going to have plays like that. And that's why, you know, that's part of why it's so important for us to play mistake free outside of that with our, with the ball in our hands, we can't end up behind and have to force stuff. And this team, the way it's designed right now, is it designed to force stuff? It was just kind of frustrating to watch. You know, I think everybody was frustrated watching the whole game. Um, I think it would be inappropriate not to give USD some credit. They did take advantage of the situations and they did play with a lot of fight, a lot more fight than, you know, they, they could have, um, they were a little more disciplined than I expected. To be honest, I expected some late personal foul, super nasty chippy stuff. And it wasn't awful by any stretch that I noticed, um, just normal rivalry game stuff. And they did what, um, they needed to do to win the game. So I, we didn't lose the game to air. So, yeah, I mean, credit to Austin Simmons. Um, you know, that was his senior senior game, his last game ever. He played very well. Um, mm-hmm. That was one issue that we had on our defense, which played very well, except for getting home to the QB. Right. We, had, we got very good pressure, very good rush. We just couldn't keep our hands on Simmons and get him down. He would slither out of the, po- out of the pocket and make a play. And again, credit to him. Um, for doing that and he had a couple of really nice um, long home run balls to I forget what that receiver's name was but I mean he made some incredible catches downfield so yeah I mean they made some stupid good plays that diving catch yeah um, that was <clears throat> that was something else there that was that was a hell of a play I mean what what are you gonna do to defend that you know right and but, I think <clears throat> the number got to give him some more credit the number one reason I think they won the game 
is their punter and punt coverage team. Right. They put us 46 yards a punt. That's nuts. That's stupid. They put us in some bad spots on their punts and it was tough for us to get out of. Um, And, you know, even, even when we got out of the shadow of our own end zone, it was just, we couldn't sustain that drive. And, and it's just tough when they're, when they're flipping the field like that consistently to uh, overcome that. So credit to them. They did a great job on special teams. Yeah. I mean, it felt like we were pinned inside the five, we were for sure twice, but it felt like every punt we were inside the five for sure inside the 20. So mm-hmm. yeah, you got to give them props there. That that makes a huge difference and gives you a lot of empty yards to have to make up when the field gets flipped like that. So um, yeah, give them props there. But uh, on the bright side, after all that stuff happened, um Selection Sunday comes around. I didn't even pay attention to it. I was busy. I had some private things to take care of. And all of a sudden, I'm looking on Twitter, and I'm getting these tweets and and text messages from a UNI fan who's madder in a wet hen. <laughs> lo and behold, we got the seventh seed, which, it, you know, it's frustrating to think because had we won – we're probably the four seed at minimum, possibly the three seed, because everybody lost to teams they probably shouldn't have or got blown out like they shouldn't have, Montana. And, yeah, we end up with a seventh seed in a home game. You can't ask much more than what we got out of with how the season ended, the regular season ended. Yeah, no doubt. I have a, I have a confession to make to – the pastor of my church that I go to, I was sitting in the pew watching, and I had the SCS <laughs> selection show streaming on my phone. That is commitment. Because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to watch the whole thing, but I had to see like who the seeds were and where we ended up. And I, I honestly was watching the first four seeds come out, and I thought to myself, man, what if we land like a seven or an eight seed? Like it might, like I kept thinking of like who we would have to beat out for a seven and eight seed. And I didn't think it was possible, but then they, yeah, they, they popped up those five, six, seven, eights. And I just, I mean, I, I almost let out a squeal in church cause it was like, I was, <laughs> I was pumped, man. It, it I'm jazzed. I don't care if you don't think that we earned it. We've been on the short side of the stick in playoff draws before i will take it yep i'm not mad about it and you know what you know what that proved ben you know what theory that proved what's that head-to-head wins matter over quality losses boom i don't know if it proved that theory completely certainly did because we have the same amount of losses as you and i in the fcs but we beat them by 37 at home and we got seat over them (laughs) our losses were better quality than theirs more better yeah, Even. way more better quality. Much more better. Yes. Very more much better. No, I mean if we're honest with ourselves, I think but yeah. It's, I mean, uh, you're right. It, it it's on I think there are two factors that that got us at seven seed. One is the fact that we've been to back to back semifinals, performed very well in the playoffs recently. Yeah. Whether whether that should be a factor or not, it is and and has shown to be that way. True. I mean, look very at true. how UNH has lived off their previous playoff um, somehow they were in the last four out <laughs> i know what? 
But anyway, so oh that's my God. <laughs> that's one factor. Oh. The, the other factor I think that they did take into account is how well we've played with the adversity that we've had with injuries. Uh, and, and the fact that, and it's, and it's, they probably know that Gibbs is probably not going to come back, but they also probably know that Wilson was out and Strong was out for this game. Mm-hmm. And Strong yeah. got hurt in, he could have hurt in the Illinois State game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think they do take stuff like that into account. If if you had injuries during your losses and they're going to be back for the playoffs, they take that into account. So, I mean, I think that was another factor in us getting that seven seed. Right. That helps. And I really do think that the big deciding factor was us, was the margin of victory against you and I just two weeks ago. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like this was a beginning of the season head-to-head win. That was just last week. You know, I mean, it's not like, and that's really recent. And, you know, we're going to be facing a whole different UNI team when they come up because I'm pretty sure they're going to beat the University of San Diego. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that makes a huge difference, in my opinion, when you're, when, when you lambast the team like quite like that. And I'm sure, you know, how well we played, NDSU played into it. Nobody else besides Southern Illinois was really that close. So, and how well we played against Minnesota, a top ten team in the FPS right. this year. I think right. that that played into it too. Hashtag quality loss. <laughs> no. Yes. No. <laughs> All right, whatever. I don't care. Got us the seed. So, um, with that, we need people to get their bus to the stadium. Yeah. You got two weeks. If every one of us who is at the UNI game brings one extra person, we will have 14,000 people in the stands. You know what I'm going to advocate for if they don't? Because usually they have some Fellowship of Christian Athletes deal where they'll tweet out and say, hey, use this code and you'll get a discounted ticket. If they don't do that, I... I'm going to tweet out and put on SDSU fans and Facebook, whatever, because if you get a group of 15 or more, you get $15 tickets. Right. That's an unreal deal. Right. That's a steal. I mean, the tickets that where I normally sit are $37. Right. And tickets uh, mm-hmm. where you would get $15 tickets are normally $27. Well, so let's be you're honest. getting you're getting almost half price tickets, and so what I am advocating for is whoever wants to go in on a group with me, let's do it. Let's get more than fifteen people. Let's buy fifteen dollars tickets, and make sure you find some friends that want to go. We just, I mean, anybody that can get a group of fifteen, let's do it. Because if you're sitting in a thirty seven dollars seat like I was, six of those seats is the same price as fifteen fifteen dollars tickets. And you know what? I'm going to even up that ante a little bit more. If you're going to go buy an extra ticket, that way you've got money invested in filling that ticket. Yeah. Because if you've already spent the money for that ticket, you're going to put a lot more effort into filling it. So go ahead, buy a second ticket for yourself and get somebody to go with the game with you. I don't care if you got to bring blankets and hot chocolate for them. And let's get, let's have some fan support show up for these playoff games. Cause these are the ones that matter the most and we need to have the most fans there. And they're the most fun games I've been at bar none. 
Right. I mean, it, there's no way around it. It's going to be cold. Dress accordingly. Bring your electronic heated gloves. Bring, you know, the, what are they called? The hand warmers and foot warmers. They got hot chocolate there. Bring in your your flask of a little uh, warming juice. I mean, you'll just be you know a little bit clever about it. You'll, Don't you'll check be, that, folks. No, and, Not. and you know what? Everybody out there has hunting gear. No one will judge you if you're in blaze orange instead no. of blue and yellow. I oh, don't yeah. care. You don't have to be there loud. Exactly. That's like a badge of honor at Packer games. Half the crowd shows up in deer hunting gear. There's nothing wrong with that. Show up in hunting gear. The team won't care as long as we're there and loud. And I tell you what, I've watched on TV and I've watched at the game. The game's 10 times better. It really is. Oh, I agree 100%. And the more people we get there, the warmer it's going to be. That's a that's actually a fact. Body heat. That's a real Huddle. thing. When everybody's packed in. Absolutely. All together. We can rub our hands together. It's going to be great. I will not rub my hands together with your hands. Well, I'm just saying, no. like, everybody rub their own hands together. It creates <laughs> sure, friction. Sure, sure you are. Sure. Uh-huh. It creates uh-huh. friction. Yeah, that's and what heat. you're advocating here. Uh-huh. We rub Next thing my... we know... Yeah, I, if I can rub the mustache, <laughs> I will absolutely. Yeah, that I bet I bet I we you know, everybody team up and rub on that thing and see if we can light a fire. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll rub, it's gonna rub right <laughs> off. There's not a whole lot there, so <laughs> do it. Worth it, absolutely. Anyway, bring bring friends. Get a group of fifteen plus. Buy fifteen dollar tickets. That is crazy cheap. Even yep. if you can't get 15 people, buy a $27 ticket. That is still very cheap entertainment. Right. That's, I, I, let's be honest. The prices of playoff tickets the last two years have not been the issue. People have been able to get $15 tickets to the games for like the last two years for the playoffs. And, right. So, And you know what? If you don't have a friend to bring, buy one. To bring you know be like hey here's 30 bucks and a ticket you're coming with me i like it they'll gotta be loud appropriately they'll, they'll love the experience and you'll probably get them back the next time so and you'll have a friend right exactly <laughs> that's my mom that's how i operate <laughs> so let's fill that stadium all right moving on to the pick recap boy did you have a bad week not only uh, not only was it a rough game for SDSU, it was a oh rough my God. rough week for Brendan. You went one and six, bud. Oh, I thought this was a bad I thought this was a bad football week after the Jacks game. And then after the Packers game. And then after I checked all three of my fantasy teams games. And then <laughs> I come and read our little outline here for the show. And I got to see that garbage. Oh. Yeah. Hey, the the and, segment name is very accurate again. Yep, it's back to <laughs> the right side. I made a lot of people a lot of money this week. Yep. I, I went oh four my and, God. I went 4 and 3 about about um par for me overall i'm 60 and 52 and you're 53 and 59 it wasn't that long ago when you were really close to me 
I was 500 it's, a week ago. I was almost 500 like, a week ago. Seems like a far cry. Oof. I don't think I got the juice left in the playoffs to make up seven games. <laughs> I just don't think I do. It's going to be tough. But you're going to have to do terrible in the I'm, opening round games, which are generally pretty easy to pick. I'm going to enjoy watching you try. So let's quick recap here. Um, Can we not? <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Uh, so the Montana State Montana game, um, Montana State took control of that game and just ran with it. Uh, which was Ooh, sur- surprising. Um, that I believe. No, yeah, I picked I picked Montana State in that when you picked Montana, um, and that I mean that was a huge win for Montana State because they were not getting seeded without that win, um, no, and and they ended all. up they ended up with the five seed out of the whole deal. Yep, I think so. So I mean, big big win for them. Um, they won thirty five sixteen. And then Wofford with, uh, I mean, I keep telling you, man, they play well late in the season, and they sure did. They won 24-7 against the Citadel. The bellhops let me down. <laughs> and they covered that six-and-a-half-point spread pretty easily. Um, Indiana State, uh, they won 24-17 against Missouri State, and they covered three-and-a-half. For some reason, I don't do you have like how do you defend that misery state pick i I've, they were within a score i guess it's, it's not just, like it was that egregiously bad they just lost by too big of a score generally not a great idea to pick them you and i uh they barely cut barely covered but they did look man it's 2019 i don't have 2020 vision yet <laughs> Um, <laughs> Southern Illinois, they covered their game as well. Um, they were 19 point dogs and they stayed within 14. They lost NDSU 24 or 21 to seven. And then what one did I get right? Um, let's see here. I think <laughs> the, I'll have to check here shortly. Um, Illinois State just absolutely shit the bed. They Youngstown, Youngstown State just whooped them. And shout out to them; they, it was pretty cool. They um, they put Nate Mays on the on the field for a play um, to honor honor that guy in his last game. Kind of a it's been a warrior for them, and he's had some injury problems, so that was cool to see. Mm-hmm. And then uh, obviously we did not cover versus USD, so. That unfortunate is how that went for the week. So, back to the bracket and selection show. You know, we talked about four or five Missouri Valley teams, and we only got four. Surprisingly, I think yeah that I think it's a fairly consensus that uh, that Southern Illinois got snubbed. Yep. Absolutely did. 100%. They 100% got snubbed. I mean, Furman had two FBS games. I'm 99% sure they lost both of them. And 
no, Furman's not my biggest issue. My biggest issue is Kennesaw State over Southern Illinois. They played a bunch of wet tissue paper, and God, they're gonna. I really think they're gonna get destroyed by Wofford, and it's gonna be great. And in spite of Wofford just ruining me in picks all year, I'm going to greatly enjoy watching them because that's as a triple option team. You don't want to face it. That's been artificially propped up by your schedule. You don't want to face another triple option team because they're going to be able to practice against it really well. And one of the main advantages, one of the advantages, not necessarily the main advantages, is very difficult to prepare for a triple option team with one week turnaround when you don't have a team that's used to practicing it, playing it, or running against it. But if you're playing a team from a conference of triple option teams that runs a triple option themselves, they're going to be ready for it. And I think... uh, they're going to get some vindication at least for the Saluki dogs, but man, they got robbed. Yeah. And I think, you know, Kennesaw state probably rode the coattails of their last season success a little bit. And they got in the, got in the tournament. It's too bad. Southern Illinois didn't get in. They were playing pretty well towards the end of the season there. Um, They just didn't get that um, big quality win that everybody has been talking about. But um I think it's pretty hard to find quality wins once you get down to the 20, 21 through 24 um, yeah. teams that get in the, the last four in, I guess. And when so, when you schedule like they did, and that's why it's so important, the reason SDSU schedules the way they do, when you schedule two FBS teams, you're already painting yourself in a corner because you took away not just one, but two opportunities to get an extra FCS win on your schedule. And the reality is, is when a FBS, when you play an FBS team, you're probably not going to win in general. And they didn't set themselves up for success just through their scheduling. And that's the way that goes. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, you know, I'm obviously for quality losses, but they can only get you so far. Um, you still have to have that quality win. Quality losses, in my opinion, only really come in when you're trying to compare two good teams against each other with similar resumes. <clears throat> then you look at quality losses, but you can't, you know, eh, you've got to get the quantity of wins first. Exactly. You know, you can't just, I I mean, you can't play everybody close and well, yeah, you played the one through, say you played the one through 10 teams ranking wise and you lost everyone by a touchdown. Well, you're still 0 and 10. You're not getting in the playoffs. Right. Exactly. And you know, they, you know, their argument was, well, we should have just, scheduled a pioneer league team instead of instead of the the fbs team yeah you should have yeah you definitely should have you know um, you know what you got from the fbs team you got a big <laughs> paycheck that's what you got and that's what you're you talk to your ad about that don't complain to the committee about that exactly and so to a lesser extent i mean really you and i did that to themselves too yeah by going out to weber i mean if they don't go out to weber and they play somebody else they now all of a sudden have one less loss on their record and they might be the seed instead. Right. So if you, if you're a fan, you're a Jack's fan who at the beginning of the year, isn't real thrilled with the matchups. There's a reason for it. We're seated right now. And part of it is because we had the quantity of wins yeah. from our out of conference schedule. Well, and it's, and it's different if you're, if you're not in a conference like the Missouri Valley, right. where you, you need those good out of conference games to get a quality win. 
we have ample opportunities for quality wins throughout a conference schedule. You don't yep. need a hard out of conference schedule. And that's why RAD does it perfectly. We, right. If you're we, in the big South. Yeah. We get an FBS game when we can. Outside of that, our out of conference schedule is going to be usually pretty, pretty weak. Yeah. And, and that's just the way it needs to be when you're in a conference like Missouri Valley. Yeah, the priority is six home games, an FBS if you can get it, and then maybe a decent home-and-home. Home. I mean, really, Southern Utah should have been a decent home-and-home home back when it was scheduled up, but Southern right. Utah just dive-bombed afterwards. But that's the magic formula. It's been working for quite a few teams for a while. There's no reason to stop doing it. No doubt. Yeah, so that's, a like you said, good lesson for Jacks fans that are complaining about the week out of conference schedule, but... That is exactly why they do it, and they're doing it right. Yep. We get and another home game because of it. We're going to have eight home games this year to be able to watch. This will be our eighth one, which is ridiculous, and it's going to be awesome. Agreed. Megatent's making a reappearance, it sounds it like. Is. The Megatent is coming back, and that might become a permanent fixture. <laughs> so if, you, uh, if you're over by the library lot, and uh, it's right next to the, the porta-potties that are adjacent to the alumni tent you'll see these this conglomeration of tents that are all together looks um, like a hobo alley or something which is yeah funny. they got tarps all on the sides <laughs> and everything and you go inside and it's like a it's a toasty toasty 70 degrees in there and uh, they got all <laughs> kinds of food going and we look like a harbor freight shanty town <laughs> Oh, it was. <laughs> I mean, when you got when you got that many when you got that many tents together, you gotta do something. I mean, but you guys did great. I went in; it was like warm in there. Oh yeah, so, I was taking off clothes. I was down to like my t-shirt in there, and it was glorious. Yeah. So shout out to the hair razors for uh, joining forces with us for that, and that's a thing of beauty. So, no doubt. So that'll be back. That'll be fun. Um, Back to the bracket talk, um, you know, we talked about the possibility, outside possibility of four Missouri Valley seeds, but it was kind of a foregone conclusion that we were going to get three Missouri Valley seeds um, until um, Illinois State, which we forgot to mention that, you know, we talked about that trap game and how I was going to lose all this money on Illinois State. Well, shortly after we recorded the episode, we found out that their starting quarterback is out for the season. And that's exactly why the line is where it was. And clearly they needed him to be successful because they did not look good. Yeah. I mean, he didn't look good even when he played, but man, when they didn't have him and I did, I did talk about it a little bit when we talked about that line, how young sound States defense did have the capability to shut that offense down, even when it did have Davis, but man, without him, Oh my God, that was ugly. Very, and it doesn't doesn't bode well for their playoff chances. No, no, it doesn't bode well for making the Missouri Valley look good at all. And right, <laughs> and their big problem is they got a pretty tough one of the one of the tougher first round matchups in Semo. Yep, I, and I mean that's no slouch of a team. So, and they have no. to go to Semo. So yeah, and Semo smoked Southern Illinois. Granted, it was before Southern Illinois started playing well, but they laid it to him pretty decently in the beginning of the year. So yeah, I would probably lean towards Simo to, in this game. Oh, I'd agree. I, yeah, I, 
I would assume they'll be the favorite and and it's too bad because you know you'd like to see Missouri Valley play well in the playoffs and you know they're they're feeding into the number eight seed Central Arkansas so you got a good chance at a second round win if you can win that first one but man I Illinois State the way they're looking it's just that's going to be an uphill battle for them their defense is going to have to play lights out yeah they're going to have to step up to the plate big time really big time yeah, so we did get two seeds, though, and clearly NDSU was the number one seed, and we squeaked out a number seven seed somehow. Um, you know, we talked about a couple of the reasons why that happened, and, you know, <laughs> there are some UNI fans, like you said, that are hashtag mad online about it, but I don't care. Well, and, you know, we – we say we squeaked into the seed and all that stuff. And granted we, we did, but that doesn't mean we don't think we're a good enough team for a seed. I think we should probably clarify that. I think realistically our team is good enough to be a top four seed. We just tripped ourselves up. I think the talent on this team is good enough to be a top two seed realistically. And we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot too much to make it happen. No, like we talked about, I mean, we we beat ourselves. We know that we're that good of a de- of a team, like you said, top four, top five team. Um, and, you know, we should only have probably two losses on the year, um, but we ended up with four. And that's why I say that we squeaked in because we had those four losses. Um, it's just tough, right. tough for a team to get a seed with that many losses on your, on your schedule. Especially... But- Especially going three of five to end the season, right. losing three of your last five. That makes it tough. Grand one was against NDSU, but um, I feel like there's two ways this can go for us in the playoffs. Either we really have, will have backed in the whole way and we're just going to kind of fart out and not play top quality ball, or the team's going to come together and we're going to go on a run. And I would lean towards the latter. I think that, yeah, the Illinois State game should have been a wake-up call, but I'm 100% sure that that game at USD really stings, and that's going to be a real loud wake-up call. I don't feel like it's going to be back when we lost to Western Illinois in, what was it, 2015, and then just kind of showed up for the playoff game for the first half and then realized we were playing. I think – this one is gonna have woke woken up uh, woken up something that'll be scary for the rest of the FCS. No doubt. And one of the exciting things, you know, we we debated back and forth, and we, we joked about how if we if we lost to USD, it would be a complete, or if Illinois State lost, it'd be a complete. What we talked about would be a complete waste of time. Both both those things end up happening. Oh my god, we wasted so much time with all of you poor people, and I don't feel bad at all about it. I think it's hysterical. I hope it was so much time. I hope it was at least entertaining, entertaining time wasting. Right, because I feel like we are our time wasting holds significant value. I agree. But so, well, another thing we talked about, we were trying to decide which would be better is if we could go get revenge at JMU or if we could go get revenge at Montana. Yes. Well, lo and behold, 
we could end up going on an epic revenge tour. Right. And we we have that opportunity. And should I talk about my Twitter? No, I'm not going to talk about my argument. I've had my argument. I've said my piece. I'm going to yep. let it die. I'm going to let it die. <laughs> so Seeds the, are how they are. But <laughs> um, the route everybody. we're looking the route we're looking at is um, clearly, I think it's a foregone conclusion that UNI is going to beat San Diego. Um, they'll probably be something like 20 point favorites in that game. Well, I, that's San Diego has been a foregone conclusion a couple times for people and they've won twice. Yeah. We'll Just see. Uh, I will not be mad to have San Diego have to come to Brookings, South Dakota in December. It would be entertaining. I'm for it. Right. But so we know that one of those two teams is coming to Brookings. Yep. Let's assume we take care of business in Brookings. Then we are likely going to James Madison because I don't think that Monmouth or Holy Cross has any business being playing against JMU. No. So JMU is going to win. We will have to go to JMU and avenge the loss from two years ago, which is still fresh in my mind. And How apropos for it to be the season we're having turnover issues that we're going back to JMU. Right. And this time have zero. That's right. And, ha, huh, I used that. I genuflected on that word and used the right one. You did. <laughs> I was... I'm flabbergasted by that. Speechless? Yes. Even? yes. Speechless. I'm so, getting better. Playoff form, baby. I like it. Assuming we take care of business at JMU, which is, I mean, that's a, that's going to be a tough game. That's They're they're one of the top two teams in the nation, clearly. Um, you know, if we get to that point, we'll debate, you know, whether they're as strong as the team from two years ago was. I mean, I can't believe they made it through that super difficult, tough Colonial Athletic Association this year. They're so good. <laughs> exactly. So, it, and they, is that too early? Am I doing? I'm doing that way too early. We I got, think it is. We're we've got a whole like two weeks to give them bulletin board material. Let's not let's not start it now. No, we've got three weeks to do it, and I'm, let's get early. That's true. Oh my so, god. It, if the, oh god, that'd be something else though. They they jump on the podcast and go back three weeks and go, "Did you hear that? <laughs> oh my god, these yahes out in the Dakotas." Yeah, probably wouldn't say yahes. Little Virginia. little do they know their listen would add another like cent into our beer fund for the party we're gonna have at the playoff like, game. I think. Little did they know. I think we'll we'll make an announcement on the pod next week and on Twitter, but I believe we plan on having somewhat of a listener party. Sure. With, with the minuscule amount of money that we've made from advertisements for anchor <laughs> for anchor on this thing. All that stuff you guys uh skip, I mean listen to at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a fast forward button for 30 seconds. Yeah, I think that gets probably utilized quite a bit. Sorry, Matt. But, all right, back to the bracket. We beat JMU at JMU. And then the other side, the bracket is interesting, actually, um, of our bracket. 
You've got the yeah. number three seeded Weber State. They have to play the winner of Wofford and Kennesaw State, and you kind of alluded that should be Wofford. Yep. Probably will be. And that, that'll be a tough game for Weber State because Wofford's got a legit defense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And well, so, and go ahead. I'm ahead of myself. You you go. I'm way ahead of myself in this discussion. All right. I'm just I'm just walking people through it if they're not familiar with the bracket. Mm-hmm. So the other part of that bracket is number six, Montana, and they will get fed the winner of Southeastern Louisiana and Villanova, which I'm guessing will be Villanova. Um, it sounds like Southeastern Louisiana is playing better to end the season, but um, I guess do you assume Villanova there? I honestly don't really because I think Southeastern Louisiana can play very well when they have all the pieces clicking. So, and Villanova is very capable of not playing well considering they lost the UNH. So um, I don't know what to expect from that game. I would lean Villanova. I would think, but yeah, yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Very interesting matchup, and then I guess the point is that whoever wins that game will have a decent shot at beating Montana. It's a tough place to go and play, but I think they showed against (laughs) Montana State that they're uh, vulnerable at least. So um, not sure, you know, ideally for SDSU, ideally both Weber State and Montana would get knocked out, and we could host another game after we beat JMU that and you know what you don't want to be you know it's if this bracket goes and we beat james madison and say we make a run all the way to natty and seeds hold through mm-hmm. or even montana beats weaver and it's the two seeds and then montana beats weaver that'll have been one of the most difficult runs to the national championship i've ever seen because your first opponent is a uni team that is a conference opponent and knows you very well. Then you have to go all the way out to James Madison on one side of the country. And then you've got to go all the way out to Utah or Montana on the other side of the country and possibly play in Montana. JMU is one of the toughest places to play. And then you got Montana, one of the toughest places to play. And then you got to play in NDSU in the national championship. That is one hell of a run to go through. Right. And so not only do we get the chance to get revenge at JMU, we potentially, if Montana would hold, serve, and beat Weber State, we would have to go to Montana and avenge the loss from, was it 14, 13? I don't know. That was a long time ago now. I think it was 14 and 09. Oh, yeah, but the 09 one is a really bad one. That's the one we'd be be avenging. (laughs) Yep. The game that is not to be talked about. It really set up exactly like the Vengeance Tour. Yeah. It, it's very plausible to have the actual Vengeance Tour of 2019. Oh, yeah. Montana could definitely beat Weber State, and we could yeah. would have to well, go I mean, to Montana. They have already. Right. So, yeah, that's more than plausible. It's just this time it's going to be at Weber, and who knows what's going to happen. Right. If the, if that matchup, you know, and everybody knows this is like talking about hypotheticals in the, you know, NCAA tournament. You have no idea what's going to actually happen. We're just making stuff up here. Right. Wasting time again. Yep. 
I mean, in no way is this going to be a waste of your time. This is how it's going to happen. You're welcome, America. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, we would have to go to Frisco and likely face NDSU and potentially get that monkey off our back. And yeah, so it'd be the 2019 revenge tour and it would be a hell of a way to win our first national championship. But yeah, that would be, that'd be a I crowning mean, achievement right there. Yeah. Like we said though, I mean, if we take care of the ball, we can beat anybody in the country. Yes. It's absolutely possible. If we string together four games without fumbling the ball away a whole bunch, we are very capable of running this out and making it happen. Completely. It's entirely possible. Completely agree. There's no doubt in my mind this team is talented enough to make it happen if we control the ball and play the way we're capable of. That's what the playoffs are for. Find out if you can do it. One thing that would greatly help that would be getting uh, both Pierre Strong and C.J. Wilson back. It'll be yes. interesting to see if we have them both or one of them at least back for the game against UNI. Yep. Um, not to say that if we don't have them, we're screwed, but it was just it would just be a big boost um, to yeah. our to our running game. I mean, our running game's good without them, but right. those guys take it to great. I no think doubt is what happens. I mean, Mikey Daniel does. His, I mean, he had a hell of a game last week but that home run punch that those guys provide is a big boost yep i completely agree with that um i don't know if we i guess so yeah teams to root for obviously um it would be we'd have to wait till next week but it would be you know likely wofford and then the winner of southeastern louisiana villanova and then probably Monmouth. Hopefully they can give Jamie a run for their money, but probably not. Yeah. Um, do, who do you think? Do you think one one side of the bracket's easier than the other? You know, the the NDSU side or the JMU side? Our side? Oh, I think our side's uh, pretty easily the tougher side of the bracket, at least from where we would you know have to travel standpoint, mm-hmm. notwithstanding going to Fargo. I mean, one tough road trip compared to going across the country twice. Yeah. Do you think um, anybody on NDSU's side can give them a run for their money? Boy, uh, I think maybe Sac State would be the best chance at it. I don't know. Montana State's not going to be able to come in there and run the ball on them and run the ball on them and run the ball on them. They don't have much of a passing attack still. Um, Central Arkansas definitely won't. They've been squeaking by every game that they've won. So I don't think Central Arkansas is putting up much of a fight. So I think Sac State's probably your best chance at giving them a run. But mm-hmm. Fargo Dome for the first time for them. And we all know how those games usually turn out for teams their first time in the Fargo Dome. It goes ugly really fast, and then they can't take it themselves out of the hole. Right. The thing going for Sacramento State is they got their really good quarterback back, so maybe they could put up a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could happen, but I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty much a foregone conclusion that NDSU will probably be in Frisco this year. Yeah, I think uh, they should definitely be able to go through, you know, unless Trey Lance all of a sudden has all the interceptions that a 
freshman usually has in their first year in one game. I don't mm-hmm. think uh, I don't think NDSU is probably getting knocked off by any of those teams. But you know, most people have said that about NDSU for any team not named James Madison. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not entirely sold on that. I think uh, we might have the best chance of anybody, but that's because I'm biased, maybe a little bit. So, yeah, I think we have the tougher side of the bracket. If I had to list the three teams not named NDSU I don't want to face, it would have gone Weber, Montana, and James Madison. Yep. And And they're all on our side of the bracket. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of which, if you didn't watch the selection special, they they popped up a graphic that showed the um, FPI chance to win the FCS championship. I'm not sure. It's some index. I'm not sure what FPI is, but anyway, they predicted that at NDSU has a 60% chance of winning it. JMU has a 30% chance of winning it, which I was surprised that they were that high. Yeah, and me too. They've got SDSU at 4%, Montana at 2%, and then Sac State and Weaver State both at 1%. So, oh, you know, the Grizz fans are going to be all upset about that. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're seated lower Rock. than us. There's no way. They'd have, not, they'd have to come play awesome. us. Right. Right. But, no, I think uh, the NDSU 60% is probably legit, especially with, like you said, the way their bracket shook out. Um, yep. The JMU 30%, that's too high in my opinion because of they have us and or Weber State and Montana to deal with. So right. I think they got a pretty tough route as well. But – being home through the playoffs is clearly a huge advantage, and that's probably where a lot of that um, a lot of that statistic comes from as well. Oh yeah, that's a big deal. You look at any team's record. Um, I think maybe one team ever has won all road games on the way to winning a national championship once. I don't remember who it was. It was a CAA team, but hmm. yeah, it's only happened one time. So to string together a whole passel of away game wins in the playoffs is really tough because it's away games at the best teams in the country. Right. You know, it's not, it's not away games at, you know, Youngstown state and uh, Missouri state. It's away games, you know, James Madison, Montana, tough places to play with good at home field advantages. There's a reason that it's hard to win on the road. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, with that, Let's uh let's go ahead and pick this week's games just to see if you can uh happen to uh, make your way back into the standings. <laughs> um we'll we'll use the rule that I talked about where I have to pick first just to That helped me so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank it you. Probably actually screwed you a little bit because there's a couple you probably went the opposite way you should have. Maybe. <laughs> so starting off with uh the matchup that feeds into jmu um holy cross has to go to monmouth and monmouth is a six point favorite in this one i'm gonna take monmouth at home covering six points yeah go ahead and give me monmouth uh the pat the P- patriot the, the patriot league was quite awful this year <laughs> no uh but the patriot league was awful and i'm pretty sure that's how uh patriot league grads talk um but <laughs> uh and monmouth is actually a legit team this year i mean they're not a seed worthy team but they're a pretty good team so go ahead and give me monmouth at home yeah i'm kind of surprised i spreads that low I think that they'll win 
fairly handily. Uh, the Probably next, will. The next game is Central Connecticut has to go to Albany, and Albany is a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. <sighs> and that game feeds into Montana State. So the winner will go to Montana State. I think I'm going to go Albany. Uh, it's I don't like the four and a half, but I'll, I'll take Albany here. Well, we all remember how the last time the NEC champion versus the CAA team played out. The NEC team came and played in Brookings afterwards. <laughs> so, give me Albany. Albany's been playing pretty good at the end of the year here. I think they, they handle business pretty easily against Central Connecticut, even if they are a decent NEC team. Then we've got Furman goes to Austin P. That game feeds into Sacramento State. And Austin P. at home is a one-point underdog. I'll take Austin P at home in that one. Yeah, I'll take Austin P as well. Um, for Furman, I don't think playing point is a good way to get yourself tuned up for the playoffs. And after how they got whacked in their last game, that was a real game. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Austin P. I think they've got a better defense that's going to lock down Furman. Yep. And then uh, one that we kind of touched on earlier, Illinois State has to go to SEMO. And surprisingly, SEMO is a two-and-a-half-point dog at home in this one. I am going to go SEMO. Um, I think Illinois State, I mean, you talked about how Youngstown State had the defense to stop them. I think Illinois State's, their offense was not good to begin with. Now that they lost their starting quarterback for the year, I don't think they're going to have any semblance of an offense. I'll take Simo at home. Yeah, um, I think Robinson, 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 Robin. Their running back is tired. I think he's wore out from carrying the load all year, and mm-hmm. Davis being gone just exacerbates that. So, go ahead and give me uh, P at home. Let's go P. Simo. Simo. Oh my God! I'm reading the wrong line. Simo. I meant Simo. <laughs> they're they're both Ohio Valley teams, but yeah, give me give me. I, yeah, I picked them both too. Uh, go ahead and give me Simo. Wow, it's late. It'll be it'll be fun to watch the Ohio Valley fans spout off against for a and Missouri against Missouri Valley win. On the bright side, it won't be Jacksonville State fans. That's or right. It might. <laughs> or it might. So then nah, we got... probably will be. <laughs> we got another Missouri Valley team. Um, this is the game that. Oh well, I should have mentioned the winner of Illinois State and Semo has to go to Central Arkansas. So, pretty winnable second round game there. Yeah, and then we've got the game that feeds into us. San Diego goes to UNI, and UNI is a twelve point favorite at home. That's less than the twenty point spread that I thought it was going to be because the spreads actually got posted while we were recording this. So it was kind of nice. That's why I was surprised. Uh, uh, nobody <laughs> saw my face, but I was very surprised when he's like, let's do the picks. I'm like, All right, sure. Let's make stuff up. All right. <laughs> so I am going to go with you and I covering at home. Um, I think they're going to be very angry about not getting a seed and want to come to Brookings and get some revenge. And there's danger of them looking past San Diego and towards a game in Brookings, but I'll uh, I'll take UNI by 12 at home. 
So in case anybody was wondering why Ben sounded distracted earlier in the episode, it's because he was filling the lines out. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing. We can okay. blame it on that. Even if I wasn't distracted and sounded stupid, we'll say it was because it was because oh, I, I saw your mind. eyes staring off at something. Like, what is he looking at? All right, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, give we'll cut him some slack. Uh, yeah, I'll go with. I was tempted to go with San Diego just because of you and I's history and not really covering the spread. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. You and I is going to be a little bit torqued off and they're frothing at the mouth to play us, or they could be looking past USD. Yeah, and, you know, we saw it, what was it, two years ago when we ended up having, well, that was an away game, so it's a little different. But we ended up losing to Western Illinois, had to go to Montana. Um, That was more than two years ago. But, anyway. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, and yep. we just didn't play well. Um, and it's kind of a letdown when you think you have a chance at a seed and you don't get it. Um, and so that, that's a definite possibility for you and I, but I think it helps being at home. So I, I expect them to win that one. Yeah, I think you and I wins. It's just going to be interesting to see if they're focused on next week against SDSU or if mm-hmm. they're taking their rage out on USD. Uh, so I'm going to, I need to make up some ground. So I'm going to bank on San Diego, putting up a better effort than I think they will. Yeah. And, um, you know, you and I wins, but I think San Diego keeps it close. Like, uh, Indiana state did. Yeah. It's not a bad pick. That's a pretty big spread for a, um, a playoff game, even though it is San Diego, but we will see. And then we go to a game with an interesting storyline, um, UND has to go to Nichols where Nichols doesn't have a locker room for them. They're going to throw they, out... I, I'm fairly sure that's how Nichols is all the time. Which is... They don't have a visiting team locker room. They set up tents. I thought I heard that... I think they're under construction, though. Are they, Is that what it is? I think it is. Uh, and they may be... It may be an extended project, kind of like we had, like a two-year deal, but I think they're under construction. Right. But okay. anyway... And the nice thing is it'll be nice out and they'll it won't be bad. But it'd be a lot worse if we were setting up tents for a team. <laughs> See, right. See, if you know, if the, if Nichols wants to go all mind games, I you know, University of Iowa with this or something like that, they would make it a big circus tent and they would have circus music play for the other team that yeah. comes in. That I mean, would be incredible. I mean, maybe that's what we could we could have like an unfortunate accident in the visiting oh, no. team locker room yeah and we'll just have to set up an outdoor tent that will not be heated for you and i when they come to town and, <laughs> and you have it set up right right outside where the visiting team comes in right and then when they come in you play the i like it here comes the circus so that's kind of an interesting storyline for that game. Uh, the winner of that game gets the sweet prize of going to Fargo, North Dakota, which honestly, before the bracket came out, this is what was the foregone conclusion was that SDSU was going to have to likely go to UND. It would be interesting if we didn't get the seed, if if um, we would have outbid North Dakota. Because obviously yeah, the they, bidding would be interesting with their having a dome it, and capacity, yeah. and if they have anything conflicting, I think it's only a football dome, but I could be wrong. Right, but anyway, that was kind of the four conclusions that we were going to have to go to UND and then get fed to Fargo, um, <laughs> which would not have been fun. 
So we ended up avoiding that. And now Nichols State gets to play North Dakota for the honor of going to Fargo. Enjoy that. Um, and that game's actually pick them. I'm going to go with Nichols at home in that one. I'm also going with Nichols at home. I don't trust UND on the road. Good pick. And then we go to a game that I think we both know where we're going with this one. Kennesaw State has to go to Wofford. And Wofford is a six and a half point favorite, which is fairly high. But um, as he said, Kennesaw State is a bit of a joke. And I think Wofford takes this one easily. They've been playing really well lately. Yeah, I think uh, Wofford comes out with a point to prove. I think they have a little bit of that SoCon pride. They're probably a little sore that their conference didn't get any seeds and only got two teams in. So I think they take it out on Kennesaw, and, yeah, I think they cover fairly easily. Yeah, they're one of those teams that had a gripe for not getting a seed. Um, You know, UNI, Wofford, and Villanova are kind of the three that really thought they had the resumes to be able to get a seven or an eight seed. But obviously they didn't because we did. Exactly. It ended up being <laughs> us in central Arkansas. So too bad. And so the sad. the last a uh, the last playoff matchup for the week is Villanova goes to southeastern Louisiana. And the winner of that has to go to Montana. And southeastern Louisiana is a one-point dog in that one. I think I'll go with Villanova. I think they've got the, the defense to uh, keep it close enough, and they'll, I think they'll win that game. It's at Southeastern Louisiana. Yep. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go against my better judgment judgment, and try to make up some ground here, and I will take Sela to win this game. And I'm very excited for this weekend. This is my NCAA tournament weekend, man. Go out, get you some ESPN+. Plus. Sit down with a bunch of beer and some grilled it up some brats or something and sit down and have yourself a time watching a whole bunch of fun football to watch. I love playoff football. Yeah, leftover turkey, man. Or that. You don't even have to grill anything. Yeah, leftover turkey. There you go. The best part is we can sit back and relax and know that our players are getting some much-needed rest, getting healthier. Yes and able to prepare for two weeks instead of a team that has to prepare for a game this week and then turn around and come to Brookings. So, yeah, that's the one of the best parts about getting a seed, obviously. And usually wacky stuff happens this weekend, so I love it. I, I remember watching Decane beating Towson just losing my mind. <laughs> right. That was awesome. I'd love yeah. to see some of that again. Yeah, and I mean, just, just just looking at the spreads, they're they're all fairly close, tight games should be anyway. So it'll be inter- interesting to see how they all play out. Absolutely. But with that, um, we'll be back next week with uh, to preview the game of whoever we play, either San Diego or UNI. And uh, in the meantime, find some friends that uh, want to go to the game, buy buy up some tickets, and and make plans now because it's going to be a good time. So, got two weeks, make it happen. That's right. All right, with that, go big, go blue, go Jacks, go Jacks. This has been the B Team Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe, as well as follow Jack Rabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. Don't have your hopes too high. We're going to give her. 
our A effort, but we are the B team. Average that out, I'm not sure on the math words. There's, you throw letters in with math, and I don't like it. Now here's Ben and Brandon. 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 Now, here's Ben and Brandon. Here's Bren. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan. 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 Brendan.